Hello, I'm Stuart Chittenden and this is Lives, a show about conversation, community and the people that bring community to life. My guest is music promoter, radio show host, record collector and lifelong music fan David Leibowitz, who will explore with us all things music and Maha Music Festival 2019. My guest, David Leibowitz, is a lifelong music fan. He first entered the music business as a teenager in the 1980s, when he published his own fanzine dedicated to the band Kiss. In the 90s, he formed his own independent record label, Mafia Money Records, where he produced and released records from artists around the country. For well over a decade, he has hosted the weekly radio show, New Day Rising, which introduces listeners to new independent artists. In addition to the radio show, he also hosts the YouTube channel, The Dark Stuff, which focuses on record collecting and live music concerts. And listeners will, of course, appreciate that this is now becoming an annual exploration of music with David. You can listen back to previous Maha Music Festival episodes by visiting our iTunes podcast. Hey, hey welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having <laughs> me back. This is great. Third time's the charm, Stuart. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to the fourth, fifth, Okay, sixth. sure, sure. They'll all be good. Before we move on to Maha, I wanted first to start off with what has been happening with you in musical terms in the last year, uh, experiences, well, what you've seen, what you've done. Yeah, since I guess since the last show and the last Maha that happened, um, still doing the New Day Rising show. That's still going really well. I think I even said this last year that I was really starting to more focus on the YouTube channel just because it has that other dimension of the video and everything and and record collecting has been something I've been doing since probably like the fourth grade. So I've gotten, I mean, I think I'm to the point where I think the channel is, is really good. The thing about YouTube is you're supposed to make your videos kind of short. You know, the theme is you do them like four minutes maximum because most people don't have the attention span. My videos are like 35 minutes, 40 minutes. So it's like, I know I'm not doing it the right way, but I mean, the people that do like it really like it. It just, maybe it's not for everybody. I don't know. But that's what I've been focusing on and just going to as many concerts as I can. Uh, still, that's still a huge part of my existence. Uh, I want to talk about some of the concerts and the bands you've seen. Sure. Maybe that have stood out. Uh, before I get there, though, I mean, that whole thing about the podcast, you're talking about doing it wrong. It, it feels to me as if breakthrough artists always do it wrong. That's the whole point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't... It, YouTube offers you a lot of generic advice about things, the ways to make your videos more appealing and this and that and how to title them correctly and this. Okay, so you could follow those instructions and nobody could still watch your videos and you could take a 35-minute concept and edit it down to four minutes to appease YouTube and you still might not get anybody to watch it. So since it is largely done for my own amusement, I mean, I'm, it's not corporately sponsored or anything and I'm not making money off it, I'll just do it the way that I want to do it and since I typically speak in more long form anyways, and I'm able to just sort of extemporaneously just talk about an artist, I don't have to have prepared notes, it can go off in like different directions. The only real thing is I, if I sound like, I do edit it, so if I sound like stupid for some reason, I'll take that part out. But for the most part, yeah, I, I, I don't follow the general rule. And like I said, it's certainly not for everybody, but for the people that, that do like it, they seem to like it a lot, I guess. I don't know. That's what I'd say. So what has stood out uh, so for you this last So in terms year? of the last, I mean, the last couple of years, I mean, 
you were gonna. I know we're gonna we're gonna have a discussion about Kiss again because they're they're always mentioned, and they are did do their they're on the midst of their farewell tour. I did see that last March. Now, what folks might not know or might not even really care about is that I had boycotted Kiss for a long time because I was upset about what they are doing. Like most people probably don't know or don't care, but two of the guys up on the stage there them are not the original guys. They're other guys wearing the makeup pretending to be the other dudes now they're not lying and saying it's it's the wrong guy i mean they tell you it's not them but for me that was sort of like a bridge too far i was like you know what that's just discounting what those guys did and making it seem like anyone can just put on makeup and then you're just as good as them and all that so for like 15 years i didn't go once they did that i got it i got back into it a little bit ago just to like give it a chance and then i had to go see the farewell thing because i mean I don't know. I I just I I didn't see myself being able to just skip that and then know they really are over and then I didn't I didn't go. So F- 15 years. So 15 years the wiser, more maturity, more appreciation. <laughs> yeah. And I mean it all my sim- all my complaints are still there in terms of I don't like what they're doing with it. Um I I do see a certain amount of phoniness, but the fact of the matter is 90% of the crowd doesn't feel that way and was having a really good time and didn't care. So to them, you know, it, it doesn't make any difference. And I guess I'm just going to have to get over it. You know, there is a small portion of fans uh, that are like me that are just not into it and don't like what they're doing. But at the same time, most people have just surrendered to the fact that this is the way that it is. And, you know, y- y- no amount of belly aching is going to really change things with those guys. So as you say, this is their last touring season well the funny thing is they had a farewell tour in 2000 okay 2000 2001 farewell and i don't know i like most people assumed that meant that was the end but apparently it just meant farewell to two of the guys okay and then they can reconvene like a year later and now they're back with two guys pretending to be uh, ace freely and peter chris so I guess we have different definitions of farewell. They're calling this the end of the road. And so they're saying we're over once this is done. You know, it's that we're not going to do it anymore. And I kind of have to believe them because they are the two main guys are approaching 70 years old. And although you can certainly still play and perform past 70 if you want to, um, not with the big 50 pound costumes and the makeup and, you know, all that. I just and the big boots and all that. I just don't see too many 70 year olds being able to pull that off for a two-hour show, you know, it just just physically, it's it's not going to be possible. You do realize that this show will now be inundated with complaints from the 71-year-old rockers. I know, I know. For, uh, it's ageism. I'm sorry. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me, so that's that's Kiss, and in some ways that's um, all credit to them, but that's kind of like a, a throwback in some ways. And, right. And so what, what, what other concerts have you I mean, honestly, a lot, a lot of the stuff that I've really been enjoying, I do go see new bands. I saw X-Hex. A little bit ago, they're a new um, female indie trio that they played not too long ago at the Reverb. And I've seen a lot of other new newish bands. I saw Car Seat Headrest the other night. They were really, really good. They performed at Maha like two years ago, and they were excellent. But there are a lot of 90s bands that have reunited, and they are back out there. And they are groups I saw back in 92, 93, whatever, in my, my preferred era. And, you know, I have thoughts about these sort of nostalgia scenes it's like i explained it in one of my videos where i said like look if you're an old band and you want to get back together and 
maybe the money's dried up for you. You know, you got to do something. I mean, you, you, you're not rich. You didn't become, you know, Nirvana or whatever. That's fine. Go out, spend a year playing all the old hits, getting, seeing all the old fans, you know, milking it for as much as you can. But when you go out for round two, if you decide we're going to do this again, then I feel like you have to start contributing something artistically and being like a current artist. You should make some new music and show that you're not just out there just for money. That's just my theory again, you know, and some of these artists straight up, they just, they're not, they're not at the level they were a long time ago and they're not going to create something good, but a lot of them do. And it can't just be judged on sales because these groups aren't going to sell what they used to 25 years ago. The world is different. It's a different place, you know? So like the Lemonheads, for example, were here in May, classic nineties band broke up at some point in the end of the night, end of the nineties. Um, they had a packed crowd, you know, and probably nobody under 35, I'm sure, but it was really enjoyable. They do still come up with new music. They're not just going out there just doing the nostalgia scene. And so I, you know, I kind of support that sort of thing. I, I like that. So I, I did see the Lemonheads, Tommy Stinson, who was from The Replacements, opened that show. And that was a pretty special performance because he just kind of performed acoustic with no microphone. So he stood in front of the stage and the audience sort of encircled him. And you had to be close enough so that you could hear him because he wasn't microphoned. Um, and I was standing like two inches from his left arm. So I was like right there, which was which was really cool. So that was a good thing. And and um, yeah, that's a lot of what I've been enjoying are some of these 90s acts that have been kind of coming back. Sebado was another one I saw the other night. So it's it's a mix. I mean, I'll see a car seat headrest on one night and then I could see a Sebado the next night. And it's to me, it's all part of the same continuum. It's just one is the new version and one is the, the sort of the old version. So I think we should maybe look at this year's Maha Music Festival lineup. Absolutely. And so that lineup is Shark Week, Essentia Latina Band, Back My, Domestic Blend, and Muscle Cousins as the local grouping. Uh, and we also have Beach Bunny, Snail Mail, Pinback, Matt Mason, Duckworth, OCs, Matt and Kim, Courtney Barnett, Jenny Lewis, and the headliner is Lizzo. Lizzo, right. I know that they're doing this again, the same as they did last year. It's a two-day festival, but the first day is not like a full day where they open up at, at noon or something, and it's an all-day thing. So so it's sort of like a half day on the first night, and then the second day is it's the all-day festival, like your typical Maha. So I'm not super familiar with the Essencia Latina band, so I've, I don't know much about them, but I do am quite familiar with the rest of the artists that night. Um, and it's a really... It's a powerhouse lineup, I have to say, on Friday. Um, three of the top women in the indie rock world all performing one after the other that night. It's a huge statement about where the indie music scene is today because it is very female-dominated. That's just a fact. And these are some of the premier artists in that style. I mean, Courtney Barnett and Jenny Lewis, regardless of gender, are at the top of their field either way. But if you're just looking in terms of like, you know, female oriented indie rock, they're the upper echelon. They're it. You know, Courtney Barnett, especially she's, you know, kind of like at the pinnacle at this point. So and Jenny Lewis is just almost like a local celebrity because people sort of thought she was from here. I mean, her, her old band, Rilo Kylie, was affiliated with Saddle Creek Records. So a lot of people assume they were from Omaha anyways, even though they weren't. They make a joke about it 
on a song a super long time ago about kind of like getting in on the uh, the coattails, I should say, of uh, of the Omaha music scene. It's it's really really good. Snail Mail is actually uh, just a single woman. She plays with a band, but she uses the stage name Snail Mail. She's like really really young. I want to say nineteen or twenty years old only. Her album that came out. She has a new, a new EP, but her first album that came out last year was so good. And you're just, it's one of these things where you're like, this girl was 18 when she made this album. Like, how can you, how can you have lived that much life to write these kind of songs when you've only been on earth for 18 years and you didn't experience so much, you know? So she's got this thing of like, she seems like she's much older than she really is. And I don't know that she understands like what normal guitar chords are because I think she just makes up her own kind of chords and that's why it sounds a little different than everybody else because she's just doing kind of whatever I don't know I don't know how to exactly explain it well you know this is a show about music so is is there a song from snail mail that you think might be good to listen to heat wave is good so this is heat wave by snail mail on the album lush Heatwave by Snail Mail. What do you think, Dave? Well, I, I just, I love it personally because, again, it's a bit of a throwback to the 90s. And it's funny because, like I was just saying, she's only 19 years old, so she was born in the 2000s. I hear a lot of, of Liz Fair as an artist in that stuff, and Liz Fair's peak was many, many years before she was born. So it isn't like organic. I mean, it, it's just, it's crazy to me how, somebody that young would even hear of Liz Fair and catch all the the subtleties of and you know and without mimicking it cuz it's not like she's taking a certain artist song and just redoing it but she definitely gets the general sort of feel of it even though they're separated by I mean Liz Fair was her record came out many many years before this artist was even born I did think I do think they did some touring together as well so it's kind of like I, I, that would have been a good a good bill to see, but no, I, I really like Snail Mail, I, and since she's so young, obviously has a, a huge career ahead. Um, good stuff. So, so you made the point about this being a pretty female forward lineup on both the Friday, which actually starts at five. Uh, lineup. Yeah, I mean Lizzo, obviously female too, and she's the headliner on the main headliner and the headliner on Saturday. 
Um, so it is. It's. I mean, that's where the music world is right now. Even in even though this isn't a mainstream pop festival, look at the mainstream pop world. I mean, you're talking about people like Cardi B and uh, Taylor Swift still, and and a lot of other artists that are female artists are just the top. They're peaking out right now. It feels like maybe this is exactly the right moment and well overdue obviously um so here we are uh, both uh middle-aged white men right. talking about this uh but but here we are with the u.s national women's soccer team has just won the world cup That's again true. yep and um locally culturally we've just had an all-female season at nebraska shakespeare with all's well that ends well and uh, a hamlet that was played by a female actor so our mayor, feels, our mayor is female just throwing that in there throw it in there okay <laughs> <laughs> so it this maybe feels like just the right moment and uh, it is but we're also old enough to remember that these moments have happened in the past i mean i remember 1992 as the year of the woman uh, as well from a political perspective and also a lot of a lot of good music was coming out in 92 through 90 maybe 95 and that spawned the Lilith Fair sort of uh, festival scene that was going on, which was an all-women's festival, which I, I feel like this is, I, I don't know, I don't want anyone to be insulted, but I feel like this is almost a, a a little bit of like a Lilith Fair in the sense that it is very female-dominated. But Lilith Fair never excluded men, let's be clear, because there were a lot of men that went to those shows because it's you don't have to be female to enjoy a female artist, clearly. But... Um, it it but it it isn't that same vibe. It is you know it's it's Maha still, so it's still in the in the the indie realm. But um, and I don't say that as a negative. But when when you got Lizzo as a headliner on one night and you got Jenny Lewis the the first night, um, and great artists like Courtney Barnett and you got Beach Bunny and all these, you know you you have to sort of say well okay maybe that's a that was proven a viable model in the nineties. Uh, maybe someone's you know could bring it back. Who knows. Something about Maha Music Festival, which it has been trying to cultivate uh, over the years, and it's been running for quite a while now. I think this is the eleventh year. Yeah, last year was the tenth, and yeah. yeah. So it's built, I think, this this vibe, which is in its own way uh, fairly unique, and I think part of that is because it's of this particular place. How do you feel like you know Maha has developed and is and is perhaps speaking to the community a lot? Well, they've always wanted to have a strong community focus. So in other words, it's not just by coincidence that the festival takes place in Omaha. They want it to be of Omaha. So there's always spots for local artists. That's been since since day one. They've always made it a point. And they're not just relegated to the beginning, you know, or the I mean, sometimes they they do wind up at the beginning, but you know, it's it's not like it's a punishment or anything. Um, they've always wanted to have be very focused on that. They've also got things like Omaha Girls Rock, and uh, there's a lot of high school students that come up and do that poetry. I, I'm drawing blanks on some of the names. Again, reference the website because <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. Um, but they've always been very community oriented in terms of the arts community, in terms of even the the business community, because that is, uh, you know, it it's funded not just from from tickets, but also from sponsorships and stuff like that. So they've tried to be very aware of of the community um, while keeping it a boutique, largely indie rock festival. I mean, I don't know if the idea of it remaining boutique is on the agenda for the future. I don't know. But thus far, what they've done is been able to get top-notch talent like a, a Weezer or Jenny Lewis or Lizzo or whatever um, to perform in front of like 10,000 people, which 
someone outside of Omaha would think, well, just 10,000, like that's nothing. Like, you know, I go to a festival, there's 100,000 people. Yeah, but you're going to have a lot more fun seeing Weezer in front of 10,000 people than you are with 100,000 just because of the sheer mass of people and just that, you know. So I've always really appreciated that about the festival. And yeah, if you're if you want to take a break from the music, there's a lot of other things that you can do. And it's not over, you know, 100 acres or whatever, where you're going to be walking 10 miles every day. There's two stages and then at the other part of the park uh, is where they have the the arts and they have even have a comedy tent and they have, you know, all this other stuff. So they're it's family oriented. If you want to bring kids, you know, if you got little ones, make sure they have headphones because I I hate seeing little kids up at the front with their parents and they don't have anything covering their ears. And it's like, come on, a three year old can't handle that kind of volume. Uh, <laughs> neither can a 50 year old. Right. To be honest with you. <laughs> I found that out. So. um so why don't we play something else from from the Friday lineup and uh, the Friday lineup, uh, specifically a Shark Week, Essential Latina Band, Snail Mail, Courtney Barnett and Jenny Lewis. Um, well, Courtney Barnett, I referenced earlier, she is um, she's just amazing. She's from Australia. Um, she's touring on her third album um, right now, and it's another great another great one. She did a record a few years ago with Kurt Vile, and it was sort of like a thing where. From what I understand, she had writer's block and was having was struggling to come up with an idea for for her third album and was coming up with nothing. And somebody suggested, "Hey, you should meet this guy Kurt Vile. He's really interesting." And and uh, and she's like, "Yeah, okay." And they met and hung out and ended up writing an album together. And uh, that sort of got her out of her writer's block. And then she was able to make her new record. Um, I've never seen her live before. I think the closest she's been to. The Omaha area is probably Minneapolis or Chicago. I don't think she's ever been. She's never been here before. So this is a positive as far as I'm concerned. I've been wanting to see her for years. Um, I love her stuff. She, again, has a bit of a throwback sound in a sense to the 90s, but she's also still very, very current. And, you know, I, I guess I, I, I was accused once in one of my YouTube videos, actually, of only focusing on, like, older artists and stuff that are, or everyone sounds like, the nineties or something, even if it's a new artist. And it's like, well, look, I also, I grew up in the eighties and in the eighties, a lot of groups were trying to sound like the sixties, you know, and those kids weren't alive in the sixties. They didn't really experience that. They're just looking back, seeing something they like and then finding something in it that they can create something new from. So that's kind of like what a lot of what I like is, yeah, I know where they're coming from. I get, I could tell you what records they heard when they came up with this idea but I don't see that as as uh, anything other than a positive, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I like when something starts with a hint of familiarity, and then they can just take it in their own direction. I mean, Avant Gardner is really good. It's just it's a couple years old, but um, it's still a great tune, and it perfectly kind of exemplifies what she sounds like. So this is Avant Gardner by Courtney Barnett.
So that was Avant Gardner by Courtney Barnett from the double EP, A Sea of Split Peas. Right. I was going to say, it's actually, it's a collection. It's her, her introduction in the United States was that collection, but it was actually two separate mini albums put together. And then in America is released as one. And in Australia, it was released as two different things. So that's why there's some confusion. Is her new album her third album, which I call it her third album, or is it really her second album? Because the first album, which is the collection of EPs, isn't really an album. So that's why I refer to it as her newest is called her third. But if you read most journalists, music journalists will say it's her second album. I don't know. It's nitpicking, but... Oh, I was going to say, if the you know, I'm I'm, I'm glad that these are the things that um, are going to keep you up well, at night. I, I but, know, uh, I, I because I obsess over these things. I point <laughs> them out. I have to know. I have to know why they're. I call it. I, I say it's the third album. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So I'm sticking with that. So obviously, going to get to Lizzo. Sure. But um, what are you kind of feeling that you want to obsess about for the Saturday lineup? Beach Bunny, I know a little bit about Matt Mason enough to just know who he is. That he's from Virginia and he's a singer songwriter. The OCs I'm pretty familiar with. Matt and Kim have played Maha before. I'm familiar with them. And Lizzo, I know she's the headliner. Um, I know enough to talk about her for sure. So the Saturday lineup is Shark Week again, which is great. Uh, Domestic Blend, uh, Muscle Cousins, and then Omaha Girls Rock. And these are some of the local uh, performers. And then we have Beach Bunny, Matt Mason, Duckworth, OCs, Matt and Kim, and Lizzo. And of course, Dave, as you mentioned, Man and Kim have been here before. Um, yeah, they're the first ever repeat artist. I mean, in 11 years, you know, I mean, it's it's about the time where sometimes you might actually have an artist come back. I mean, you never know. There have been people who've performed more than once in a sense that they've been in more than one band. Um, like, for example, the the drummer from Superchunk who played at a Maha, like maybe the third one was then Bob Mould's drummer who played maybe four or five years ago. So there have been people that have been at both, but technically there's never been an artist who's performed at both. My recollection from the audience reaction to their first stint, Matt and Kim's first stint, was that it really was just a They're an audience favorite. They're an audience favorite, no question. They throw themselves into their live show. I mean, you know... You listen to the records, that's one thing. It's a certain sound. It's a certain like kind of twee indie sound. But when they get on stage, I mean, they do command the stage. They're, they are a good festival artist because they really do interact with the audience. The one woman who plays the drum, she's jumping up and down all over the drums. and I mean, they're very, very good performers. So I could see why you'd bring them back because people do really love them. So let's not play them because in some ways I want to say to the listeners... Go Let it be them. a surprise, yeah. Yeah, see them. Uh, yeah. That's that's the experience. I would say, though, one, I wasn't familiar with Duckworth, but I have to say, just listening to some of that music building up to this show, uh, I've been really enjoying his, his music, and so I wonder what you have to say about him. Well, it's a pretty diverse lineup, and I think that sort of fits in because there's, again, the general idea behind Maha has always been a sort of indie ish sound indie rock sound but there have always been exceptions and variations on the theme and i think saturday presents the most varied kind of deal that they've ever had uh, in terms of their lineup and so i can see how it all fits in and i um you know because i like all of it i'm i assume there are other people that will too so i think i think it, it, all i can say is that i think it fits in well with 
where they're going with it. And I know Pinback was referenced earlier too. They're, I think, playing at a party or something, a Maha party, the day before the music festival starts, if I'm not mistaken. And Pinback, I know, because they've been around for a long time. Uh, they were in early 2000s. They're still current, but I mean, a band on the Touch and Go label, which is a pretty legendary label that dates back to the 80s. And they, they used to play back at Sokol Underground in the old days of the, uh, the early 2000s or whatever. So they're, they're staples of the, of the scene as well. I, I Just throwing them in there, although they're not technically part of the, the two-day music festival. Right. They are performing. It's called The Middle Show, and they are performing uh, at 7 o'clock, uh, between 7 and 11 on the Thursday, uh, which is uh, August 15th. And it's part of the middle show, which is part of this broader Maha Festival lineup, which includes Maha Discovery, which is a, a conference. So you have Pinback along with Back My performing at that uh, that particular evening event, the middle show. I feel like I want to play a bit of Duckworth just because okay. uh, this was fairly new to me and um, I what was we, enjoying it. What are we playing? So. <laughs> I keep seeing the word explicit next to next to the songs so i'm there's there's uh, maybe start a riot or uh, unstatus quo well either one is probably be good let's try start a riot All i right. feel like that that seems uh, both inappropriate but clean bang Flying south, sir. I'm shooting webs like worldwide. Man had an auto way too yonkers. When they say Brooklyn, stand up. You better just fix your posture. And every hero needs this theme song. So who in here, You ain't got a chance, boy. What you think? I'm doing everything but the kitchen sink. I try to be feeling in the neighborhood. I know all the little grannies when I sip they tea. And here you come all parching in. All ugly like a brown fur cardigan. We can skip that monologue and arguing. I'm like, who in here trying to start a So I have to say I really enjoy that that starter right by Duckworth from Yeah, I mean it's it's uh hip hop but it's atypical. It's shows why it fits in well with Maha because it's not um it's just it's obvious what it is but at the same time it's very easy to tell how different it is from what you hear on Top 40 radio. Um that's which hip hop is all over Top 40 radio. I don't know that you're seeing Duckworth there but I mean he obviously I'm curious to see how he brings it on stage. Bypass people, right. and you can find <laughs> yeah. out too. And you'll find out exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, before people say enough already, what about Lizzo? I mean, that seems to be a surprise. Lizzo, yeah, Lizzo is is a surprise pick, and I'm going to say it's a bold choice. Okay, now boldness can be dealt with two ways. It can either be heavily rewarded or it can be heavily punished. And I hope it's the it's the former that people give Lizzo a chance. She is a breaking, emerging artist. I see her everywhere. She's been on tons of TV shows. She's all over the music uh, blogs and magazines and everything, and there's an interview with her everywhere. I, I have to say that, for me, 
as soon as you have made it onto Fresh Air with Terry Gross, that you've yeah. hit the pinnacle. I was going to say, she's everywhere from NPR to like world star hip hop to, I mean, everywhere. She crosses the gamut. Her publicist is the best. Um, and she just has this this vibe that people just love when they, you know, even if you, you're not familiar with all her songs, maybe you heard a song or two or whatever, but she just has this infectiousness where people just really get into it. Now, on her own, she's a still a semi-new artist, so it's a bit of a gamble having her as a headliner. But I think that it, I'm hoping anyways, that the Omaha community will reward a bold choice of someone like Alizzo as, as the headliner of the festival. Because it's very different than last year, which was Weezer, which was a more established headliner who has their origins in the 1990s. And, you know, they're sort of a retro thing at the time. I mean, they're still current, but they were more of a retro thing. And Lizzo is very, very current, not an ounce of retro in her. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. It's like I say, it's a bold choice. And hopefully that boldness will be rewarded. So obviously I want and to And she's play. from Minneapolis, so it's kind of regional at the same time. So we obviously want to play a little bit from Lizzo. Again, this is a community radio station. Mine and Soul is a community radio station. So we have some elements of uh, regulation that we need to be compliant with. So a lot of Lizzo's music is explicit. But I'm going to play an excerpt from Boys, which is off her Because I Love You album. Trying to play court like a game boy. Hit my phone, boy. Is your homeboy? Are you alone, boy? Come give me dome, boy. Got a boy with degrees, a boy in the streets, a boy on his knees. He a man in the sheets. Sheesh, it's all Greek to me. Got this boy speaking Spanish. I hit my beard. Baby, I don't need you. I just wanna freak you. I heard you a freak too. What's two plus two? Here's Lizzo likes it. I mean, I to a person, you know, it's like, whoa, what is this? This is awesome. The risk is have enough people heard of her to get her, you know, put butts in the seat as seats, as it were, although nobody's sitting down at the Maha Festival. But, you know, so again, you know, I go back to the boldness. Um, they're banking on the fact that Lizzo is going to become a major star. And, you know, six months ago when they first started batting her name around, I think they announced it in March when they did the announcement of the festival, but you know, she's moved a great deal since that point, you know, in terms of where her profile was last at the beginning of the year, even to now we still, when we're recording this, we're recording this at one point in, in, in July by August, when the festival comes up, you know, who knows? And again, maybe her peak is going to be next year or something, but she's one of these emerging artists and you're, we're catching the wave, I think. Uh, hopefully, you know. I feel like 
because we're talking about community radio, that I would encourage people to listen to the interview with Terry Gross on Fresh Air, NPR's Fresh Air, not least because they replayed it last week and Terry Gross said it was the most popular show of theirs of all time. Wow, I hadn't yeah. heard that. That's so, great. I mean, I, I don't know if this is teasing people along enough, but I think that's a that, that's a Well, it should. Thing. Like I said, everyone who hears it walks away liking it. I mean, to a person. It doesn't matter whether you're even a, a rap or a hip-hop fan. Uh, you know, no matter what, it's 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 very dancey. It's very, like, fun. It's not, you know, there's a message behind it, but it's not hitting you over the head with a message. It's you can you can enjoy it no matter what. So, again, I, I she has this this mass appeal. And um, I'm I'm really anxious to see how it how it works how it translates. Well, I think the song that perhaps people will be most familiar with because it's really hitting the airwaves is Juice. Right. So why don't we just play a little bit, a little of, bit of Juice? juice? Juice by Lizzo, who is headlining the Maha Festival in 2019 in just a few weeks' time. Sure, you'll be hearing that tune at the show. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be hearing Pretty that sure she'll tune be playing before juice. the show. Yeah, she'll be playing Juice <laughs> at the concert. <laughs> so i I do want to just maybe kind of draw us towards a conclusion by acknowledging one other important factor about Maha Music Festival, which is how driven by volunteers the whole thing is. Yeah, I mean, everyone is essentially a volunteer that works there, especially, I mean, you'll see hundreds of people with the Maha t-shirts, and they're the people that are working the the festival. And basically, what they get in exchange for all the work that they do is a pair of tickets. You know what I mean? That's That's all they're compensated for. And they work their butts off, and it is. And it's not just the day of. You know, there's a crew of people that are doing this year-round, um, they do have some staff that run it, but I mean, for the most part, 99% of the people that are involved at the festival are complete volunteers. And that's unique among music festivals because, you know, you go to any other festival in some other part of, of the country, anywhere, I mean, there's a million festivals, and you will not see it run by volunteers. Everyone there is, they're paid, they're working for a certain promote, and, and actually, <laughs> I think the people that are the volunteers seem a whole lot like nicer, you know, they're, they're a whole lot easier to deal with. It seems like it's at least in my experience at concerts, it's some of the paid people are like, not as, not as friendly. 
<laughs> Here's a, um, well, uh, last year at the festival, I interviewed a volunteer. Uh, her name's Leela Parios, and I, I just want to play a, an excerpt from interviewing her at last year's music festival. Patios. I'm the front gate team lead, so I'm in charge. Nobody gets in or out with my say so. I want to make sure they all have a good time, but make sure we're all following the rules too. I'd probably say I'm probably the meanest one of your maha. If they, if you have like a fake ticket, you know, I'm probably gonna give you a stern look and say you probably shouldn't sneak in. Because what happens is it's all run by volunteers, so right. the only money that we're making is through the tickets. So if you're if you're having a fake, you're only costing us out on bands next year. Been here since maha started. But they wouldn't let me have a shirt till I was 21. Yeah, so I've wow. been doing it since I was 14, and now my whole family's involved. So there's five of us here. <laughs> We're all volunteering. This is the only one that's run entirely by volunteers. Everybody else is run for profit. All the money is spent in everything goes to helping making a better year next year. So that was Lila Parios, a volunteer from last year, clearly. She's been volunteering for a long time and has got her whole family here. And I, I think that speaks to what you were saying, Dave, about this maybe a particular atmosphere to this festival because it, it does feel unique and authentic. It's, it's and different. I mean, you you don't have like this is going to be my sixth or seventh Maha in a row that I've worked at, and a lot of other people are similar to to that woman there who've been doing it for years and years and come back every year, and they're not these sort of jaded you know, concert staffers or whatever who they've been there, they've seen it all, blah, 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 you know, and they're just, they don't care. Well, these people are there for their one one show a year and they want to make it the best possible thing uh, that they can. And so they're also genuinely, it seems, more excited. Now, these the volunteers get there at like six in the morning and they're there till way after the festival closes. So if they seem a little tired for a second or maybe uh, you ask them a question and they're not as snappy as you'd like them to be, keep in mind they probably are going on like no sleep and they got there at like six in the morning. So just keep that in mind. And, and it's probably <laughs> 80 plus degrees. Right. right. And, and it's 90 plus at this right. point. Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 it does. It gives it a different atmosphere when you're backstage. It's not it's a it's again a different atmosphere. It's just not your typical thing. And I think most of the artists. To the extent that they interact with people, I mean, sometimes they just stay in their trailer till it's their time to play, and then they, they come out, do their thing, and then they leave. But a lot of artists mingle about backstage and stuff, and it's just, they can, you can tell by, based on their reaction, it's just a different vibe, too, a, a, and different in a positive way. Why don't we wrap with you telling us what is most exciting you for this year's festival, and, and perhaps we can play out with a song of your choice sure well i mean i ha I, I like a lot of the artists i'm gonna say courtney barnett is especially important to me because i've never seen her she's from australia so it's not like she's here all the time the ocs are another group who are a pretty legendary underground band and the thing about the ocs and maybe why you're not as familiar with them as some of the others is because they've had a lot of variations on the name they've been the ocs they've been the ocs like oh space s-e-e-s They've been O period, C period before the OCs. They've just, I mean, so they've, they've changed their name a ton, which makes it hard to follow on the internet when they're different all the time. But they're a really, really excellent, top-notch garage rock band with a songwriter that's as good as any contemporary rock writer that you've ever heard of. He just likes his underground existence, and that's the way it's going to be. So getting them on this festival 
was when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, that's different, but also very, very exciting. Um, and Jenny Lewis is always a crowd pleaser for me. I mean, she's been, again, playing in Omaha since the early 2000s with Rilo Kiley. I've seen her as a solo artist. I've seen her with Rilo Kiley. She had this band called Jenny and Johnny for a little while that they did a tour. They played. I saw them on the tour. So she's like a, an old Omaha friend, even though she's not from Omaha. Um, but people just, they, they, they do, the Omaha community has embraced Jenny Lewis for years. And I, I don't see why that would be any different. So she has a great new record out again, but I would say overall Courtney Barnett and the OCs are the two, one on Friday, one on Saturday that I'm absolutely most looking forward to seeing. So what about Sticky Hulks by the OCs? That'd be a good one. Let's go with this. So away from Maha Dave, what's what's new for you in the uh, year ahead? Well, I mean, um, just keep on keeping on. I mean, I'm still going to keep doing New Day Rising as long as they let me, and uh, still going to keep doing the dark stuff. And uh, you know, I I've been getting noticed a little bit, like some people maybe I guess from YouTube because you can't see me on the radio, but. Uh, for, so I, I think it's a little bit of people are maybe catching on to the YouTube channel. So, you know, I enjoy doing it. That's what I'm going to keep doing. And uh, I'm going to keep being the, the old guy at the shows. But that's the way that it goes. I'm, 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 I'm not stopping anytime soon. My guest today has been music promoter, radio show host, record collector, and lifelong music fan, David Leibowitz. Dave, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I heard that song like 50 times and didn't realize it was by her going into anaphylactic shock from an allergy. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, that's what that's about? What? <laughs> that's the end of this week's show. The magnificent Marion Fay helped produce the show. Lives is an executive production of Squish Talks. I'm your host, Stuart Chittenden. 
Join me next week for more community, conversation and the people that bring community to life.